in the book of Esther, that's where we're headed. If you want to turn to page 771 in your Bible, see where that puts you. Amen. So I've got, uh, I think I've told you before, my, my mind is kind of like not always linear. One, two, three. I kind of have a combination of uh, sticky notes and linear stuff going on in here. And this, 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 this message has just been kind of tearing me up. Just, I've been in the book of Esther for a couple weeks and, and reading that and, and really knowing that in the pages of Esther, God has a message for this house. So my intention is not to just give you a bunch of information about some gal named Esther that most of you could probably care less about, okay? Um, my, my intention is, to let, is for us to hear a fresh word from God, amen, that's not for then, but it's for now, amen? So I just want to challenge you to kind of say yes to whatever God is trying to do in this place, amen, to whatever he's trying to speak to us this morning, because I believe the Lord is trying to speak to us. So I will get into this book, and it's like it's like 10 chapters long, so we should be done by like three. Just teasing, just teasing. But I want to say a few quick things before I get into kind of the characters and all that's going on in this book. Number one is the book of Esther is about discerning opportunity. So when I say that, I'm, I'm saying really that this message is about you discerning opportunity, okay? So that's part of what it's about. It's also about making choices, okay? This book is not about just Esther making choices. It's about you making choices. This book is about understanding that our choices affect us, amen, and our choices affect others, okay? So this book is about that, but it's also about that in us. It's also about choosing, and this is a tough one, it's about choosing to sacrifice for the good of others instead of just for yourself. So this, this is about choosing not just about you, but to sacrifice for others. Okay, very important. How many are excited about that part? Okay, one person, thank God. And this book is also about getting into agreement. And this is really, 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 really important. It's about getting into agreement with the move of God. How many at least would like to say, Pastor, throw your hand up and say, I want to be in agreement with the move of God, amen? And not, not for then, but for today. So this is, what, this is critical in this message. So I want to start out just talking about King Xerxes. I'm going to give you a little background information. I'm going to kind of describe this story. I'm going to um, kind of condense it. It's pretty intense, long story, so I want to condense it. But let's first about start talking about King Xerxes. He's the king of Persia at this time in history. He's a very powerful king. He's very wealthy king. Um, he's he's a kind of a braggadocious kind of a guy, and, and, and King Xerxes decides to throw a party. So I'm paraphrasing Esther, because there's just no way we can get into all this, but so he decides that because he's so amazing, he wants to throw a party, okay? So 
He's going to, I mean, he's going to bring out all the pomp and circumstances. He's going to decorate the palace to the hilt. He's going to use the finest linens and cloths to create curtains and all kinds of different things that women would understand better than I do how they decorate and he's going to bring out the best wine the best things to drink he's he's and he's he's just going to bring out the best food the most choice delicacies of his kingdom I mean he's just really really wanting to show off who he is okay and but he's got some issues along with this he's going to show off who he is in the kingdom but but he's, he's got a few issues that are going to kind of cost him. And one of those issues is he has 360 concubines. How many know that's kind of a problem right out of the gate? 360 women that are available to him at all times. And, and uh, you know, who knows what goes on with 360 concubines and one guy, how's he plays that out in my mind? I'm thinking, let's see, 365 days a year, 360 concubines. You know, or oh, y'all don't get this, do you? Okay, let me. Anyway, so anyway, so but understand, he's having this party and he's bragging about himself and like, kind of like the 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 eclipse of Persia. The the highlight is is this is is the queen. The queen, apparently, according to the scriptures, the queen is like absolute eye candy. She's the most beautiful thing ever. And, and so he's showing off all of his stuff, and he saves kind of the best for last. He's bringing out Queen Vashti to just say, look at, guys, look, look at my woman. Amen? And so, so he, he calls and tells his people, his servants, go get Queen Vashti. And bring her out before my friends and show her off. So they go, they off their scurry to be obedient so that he doesn't kill them. Kind of a, and guess what? She won't come. Now I'm thinking about that. Queen Vashti won't come. She knows that if she don't come, there's serious consequences. She's not coming. And I got to thinking, I'm guessing her love language is quality time. And um, he hasn't called her on, her on her for a while because I'm guessing he's probably been preoccupied with his 360 concubine. And I've been married for 37 years, man. I, I, you know, I got, there's little things that cause my queen to not show up. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I won't go into those, but there's not many, but there might be a few, okay? But so he calls her. She ain't, listen, she ain't coming. She's staying at home. And uh, so he decides, all right, I'm banning her. It's kind of cool when you can make up laws as you go, you know. Every guy might get excited about this. Then back then, man, the women just really didn't have a lot to say. They were treated more like, like servants and objects. And, you know, he's, he's just, you know, I don't ever want to see her again. In fact, make that a law. She'll never be in my presence again. Well, here's how I'm thinking that played out emotionally. He did it, and then he got sober. Well, what did I do? I mean, I know she's banished, and once I say something, that's it, man. Once he says, once, the, once Xerxes said something, that was the law. No one was changing it. She's banished forever. So now he's thinking, gosh, I just gave my queen away. 
So listen, when you're the king, you can do crazy things. Guess what now he's going to do? He's going to a beauty pageant, okay? And here's, here's the rules. He gets his guys together and says, listen, we need a new queen. I kind of messed this up. I need you to go get, get all these virgins from the surrounding area. Get the prettiest gals you can find. And, and here's, here's the plan. Here's the plan. I'm going to let them all come in, and we're going to we're going to baby them, and we're going to send them to the not the day salon, but the one year salon. Man, we're going to soak them in perfume. We're going to wash them up real good. We're going to let their hair grow out. We're going to do everything it can to make them the most beautiful women there is to to see which one of them can please me, the king. And whichever one does, she's going to be the queen. Amen. So this is a crazy story. Listen, this is exactly, this is the book of Esther. This is what happens. Esther just happens to be a beautiful young virgin. And she's a Jewish gal. She's one of God's people. She's been raised by this guy, this, or this cousin named Mordecai. He's an older cousin. Her parents were deceased. He was raised her. He's protected her. He's watched over her. And the king offers, you know, sends out his edict that all these virgins come together. And she has to go. And the only instruction he really gives her is he tells, um, he tells uh, her name is Hadassah, which later becomes Esther. He says, just don't tell them your nationality. He didn't say lie to him. He just says, just don't tell them your nationality. So she gets in there. And listen, immediately what happens, I mean, understand there's other, there's other potential queens all around. But she gets in there. And immediately she starts to have favor with one of the king's eunuchs, okay? Now, I don't need to describe what a eunuch is, do I? Everyone got that? Eunuch. The eunuch person. That's what the eunuch is. And so, <laughs> not eunuch. I'm sorry, Nick. Um, eunuch. Eunuch. Okay, eunuch. So, anyway, she has favor with one of these guys, and he's kind of pushing her forward and getting her where she needs to go. And, and, and Mordecai starts to realize that, starts to listen, discern that God is up to something. That God is up to something. Because, behind, listen, the chances of a Gentile, or of a, of a Jewish girl becoming the queen of a Gentile nation back then were absolutely impossible, pretty much. So he starts to discern that something's up, and there's also something going on in the background. Listen to me. Something going on behind the scenes. The king's right-hand man is a man named Haman. And Haman hates Mordecai, okay? He hates Mordecai, despises him, wants him killed. And he hates him so much. Mordecai's Jewish, one of God's people. He hates him so much, he doesn't want just Mordecai killed. He wants all Jews killed. So behind the scenes, that's going on. Haman's trying to kind of arrange things and set a time that all the Jews be wiped out. And in the meantime, God's working behind the scene, raising up Esther has the queen. So the enemy, if you take, let's go spiritual for a moment. Scripture says a thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Right? That's, that's Satan's objective, working through Haman, to kill, steal, and destroy God's people. But God is working behind the scenes. How many of you know God loves his people? Amen. 
And God's, God's got a plan. Amen. He's got a, God's got a, God's got a plan. He, God knows what's going on. So, the, you know, these Haman's working against God's people. Xerxes, he doesn't have a clue. He's caught up in being king and you know, all he's got going on. But in the, in the midst of all this, God is trying to raise up his late, his girl, his queen. And it happens that she wins the contest. Again, I, I'm very, this is very paraphrased. He, she wins the contest, winds up being queen. And then the thing about Haman begins to develop where he's going to have all the Jews murdered on this certain day. So he, obviously, he's the queen's cousin. And he's standing outside of the, of the court, and he's crying, and he's weeping, and he's asking to talk to Esther. And she sends a note through one of her servants, and he says, Haman has despised, devised a plot to kill all of God's people, and la-di-da-di-da, and... and um, she writes him back, like, kind of like, what can I do about it? And the, the law was, listen, the law was she could only go to the king if he summoned her. So if you, if you went to the king and you weren't summoned, they'd put you to death. Or, or you'd be cast out like the first queen, Queen Vashti. So Esther hesitates to get involved. Let's think about this. Esther might be thinking, you know, there's got to be a natural struggle going. You know, she might be thinking, you know, I'm okay. Everyone hear what I'm saying? Esther said, you know what? I'm okay. I'm the queen. I got some good digs, man. I got a nice home. My clothes are great, right? I got plenty of food. I, I, I certainly don't have to fear death or fear anyone after me because the king's got all these people around me to protect me, right? So she's in good shape. She really doesn't have to be thinking about the fact that her people are about to be annihilated. Because everything, hey, listen to this. She doesn't need to think about all that her people are going to be annihilated because everything's good with me. So Mordecai responds to that. He kind of picks that up in her, in her voice, in her, in her note. And do we have that verse there out of Esther? Here's what he says to her. Again, it's a very paraphrased story, but he says, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Which is a powerful thought. He says, he's basically saying, God will take care of his people. God will work it out. But this isn't about other people right now. Amen. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But listen to this. But you and your fa father's family will perish. In other words, don't miss God. Don't miss what God's trying to do or it may fall back on you. I bet that brought a little conviction to her, right? Trying to, he's trying to stir her up to remember who she is and where she's come from. You are a Jewish woman in a Gentile kingship, in a Gentile kingdom, amen? And, and I discern, Mordecai is discerning, that God has you there for a reason. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for time as this, amen? What time is it? A couple of you remember, say it again. What time is it? Such a time, such a, who knows? but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I'm going to pull, I got 
tie that all together. That's got to come into our, our, our generation, our moment, our, this our time right here. We've got to pull this all together. This is for us today, amen? Let me tell you the danger real quick before I move on here of, of approaching the king. and One of the ways they punished you, this is freaky to me. I thought about this in my weird mind. They get 50-foot-long poles with a big spike on them, and they turn you into a marshmallow. And listen, I read those kind of things, and I just, I'm kind of thinking, seriously? You know what I'm saying? They, they, they impale you on a pole if you don't obey the king. So I'm, Esther's probably wrestling with all this stuff. You know, you banish me, he'll impale me, he'll whatever, and I got it. She, you know what, she, she's got a choice to make. Will I be God's woman in this circumstance? Will I step up and do what needs to be done for my people at such a time as this? Or will I just accept, listen to me, or will I just accept my own circumstances and my own comfort and kind of stay out of it? Because I'm endangering my life by approaching the king. Man, I relate so much to in other words, will I sacrifice when I, will I sacrifice for others when I got everything going on and it's good for me? So she has to make that choice. And she decides. You know what? Here's what she says. If it costs me, oh gosh, this will make me want to preach. If it costs me my life. I'm doing what I see God wants me to do. If it costs me my life, I'm doing what God needs me to do. So she, she goes before the king. Goes and gets herself all ready. Stands before out in the court. She can't approach him. She can only come to a place where he can see her. And if he sees her and he's not happy, man, it's the marshmallow stick, you know what I'm saying? And this is what's interesting. She takes a step of faith. It could be her death. And she takes a step of faith and she goes and stands there and he sees her. And he grabs his golden scepter. And it can be down or come on in. And he says, Come on in. And from that moment, from that moment of her walking, taking the step of faith, everything began to turn around. The plot of Haman was figured out, and he ends up getting, guess what? Haman ends up getting impaled on a pole, amen, for trying to destroy the Jews. And again, I can't get into all the story because I, I really don't want to even get into all the story because I want you to understand it doesn't matter what happened there. It ha matters right now what happens here in, in, in 2019 in Rock Church that God is still moving on behalf of his people. Amen. There are people out there 
the Bible tells me that are being that are held captive by Satan and sin and they're God's people and God wants them free and God is trying to raise up a people he's trying to get a people that will will have him, that will give him their attention so he can speak to them and say hey what are you doing what are you doing about your brothers and sisters what are you doing God loves his people. How many of you in this room know God loves you? I greet you at that door every Sunday morning and tell you that you're loved. You know why I do that? Because I believe it with everything in my being. God so loved the world. That's you. You're the world. And the people out there that aren't, aren't in his house yet are, are the world. Amen. And God so loved the world. And they're being held. Many of the people in the world are being held captive. My wife mentioned it this morning as she visited a drug, a drug um, whatever it is, drug rehab center. She see, saw it this week firsthand that so many people are being held captive by Satan in the area of addiction, amen? And so many people are being held captive by Satan in so many different areas. That this, the world is broken and there's a, there's, a, there's a king that wants to destroy people. He wants to take them captive, as Scripture says, I think in 2 Timothy, to do his will. And God's concerned about him. It's like God wanted the Jews delivered in this story. He wants his people delivered in this generation. Can I pick on you a little bit? Most of us are too comfortable. Most of us have taken the position, you know, everything's good with me. And your pastor's saying, you know what? That's probably true. But don't you miss the opportunity. Don't you miss what's going on in this world right now. Don't you miss the move of God. Because my Bible tells me that God is not willing, listen to this, that any perish. God is not willing that any perish, but all come to faith and repentance and in his son, Jesus Christ, that that's God's desire. And, and, and so God is, you know, what God's doing God's moving in the earth. How many of you believe God's moving in the earth and God's listen, God's stirring up his people. God is raising up his people and God is doing this for such a time as we live in church. And we need to wake up and say, we're not just, listen, I'm not just here to go through the religion motions. There's plenty of places like that. I'm here to have a loving encounter with Jesus Christ and let that love that I've experienced drive me out into this city to be God's delivering hand to some broken lost soul. Mm. Calm down, Pastor. Do you get it? It's such a time. Esther's a great story. Read it. Take it home and read it. I mean, I missed a lot. It's a lot there. It's a great story. But it's, it, it's, it really becomes great if we can bring it into this day. David, I hate to say this, but you're Esther. You're not a, as pretty of an Esther as Brittany is, but you are an Esther. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, you're a Mordecai. We'll go with that. Don't name your kid Mordecai either. Okay? 
So we are the Esthers. We are the Mordecais that have to discern what the Father is doing. And we have to move. We have to do something, church. What are we going to do? That scripture I was trying to share, remember earlier, 2 Timothy 2.26. I'll read both verses, 25 and 26. Paul's telling believers that the opponents of the faith must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses, and they will escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. What is Satan's objective in taking people captive? To kill, to steal, to destroy from them. Terry was telling me most of the people at this drug rehab center were in their 30s. And started messing around with drugs in their 20s, early 20s. And at first it's just fun. They got a high, they got a fix. It starts out that way. All of Satan's stuff starts out that way. Get a little pleasure. All starts out that way. And the next thing you know, it has you don't have it anymore. It has you. And that grieves the heart of our Father. And I hear him calling to his church seize the opportunity to be an Esther, to make a difference. Can I say this? Maybe this will perk you up. You're all kings and queens in the mind of God. Do I have any believers in the house this morning? Come on. We're all kings and queens. There's an anointing on the church. Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I think it's Luke chapter 4. And then he says what that anointing is all about. It's basically it's to set the captive free, amen. And guess who the guess who that anointing is on now that Jesus has left the earth? The anointing is on you. So I hear the Holy Spirit screaming, wake up, church, amen. It's such a time, amen. It's time for you to get involved and understand why God has you where you're at, what job you're in, how much money you're making. It's not just about you so you can live in a fancy house and drive a fancy car. It's about God wanting to expand his kingdom so you can fund the mission, fund the ministry, fund the fancy church bill or whatever. It's our time. It's such a time. And the end goal is to see people come to Jesus. I hope you feel this the way I do. Listen to this. I read it last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 17 through 24. I'm almost done. Can I finish this? Let's just listen. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 through 24. Nevertheless, each person, everyone that's in this room was called by God at some point. Right where you were at. How many, how, how many ever noticed God just comes into your situation wherever you're at? And he ain't waiting. Listen, how many of you are thankful God didn't wait till you had it all together to show up in your situation? Anybody thankful? No, he comes right into the middle of the mess, which is kind of what I like to do, amen? Rock Church, we're not waiting for you to come in here and be all holy and wear the right garb and do everything perfect and, and never say a cuss word. You're probably going to slip a time or two, amen? 
We're not waiting for you to get, get all that clean up. We're, we're, we feel like the Holy Spirit wants to jump right into the middle of the mess. Start bringing you out. Amen. And that's what he did. He showed up in my life when I least expected it. I want to read this, but I'm thinking of something here. Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them. Can you please? Esther realized, and Mordecai realized, that where she was at, God had assigned for her to be there. So I don't care if you're shoveling dog doo-doo. I don't care what you're doing, wherever you're at. For right now, that's where God has you. Amen? Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has called them to. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Was a man already, <laughs> I brought this up last week, guys, don't get nervous. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. And all the guys said, thank you, Lord. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person. So be at peace with where you're at right now. It doesn't mean you're there forever, but this is where God has you. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them because he's put you there for a reason. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although you, if you can gain your freedom, do so. That, that is so weighty to me. You know what? We belong to the Lord. Scripture says you were bought at a price. Glorify God with your body. You belong to him. He has the last word on every life here. How many know life is short? When you're 30, you don't think so. When you're 60, you do. If you're older than that, help you Jesus. Amen? But what you start to realize, it's all God's. It's all God's. I've done two funerals so far this week. I got one more to go. Our brother J.D., where are you at, J.D., you in here? J.D. lost his mother this week. And she's with the Lord. That's good news, amen? But she didn't take nothing with her. Everything stays here. What are we going to use it for? We're going to take this moment, this season we're in. This summer. Listen, some, I'm going to just prophesy a little bit. Some of you are... are some of you are okay. You're doing fine financially. Your needs are met. You got more than you need. Well, what, are you, uh, what are you doing with that? Is the, kingdom, is the kingdom matter? Some of you got more time on your hands you know what to do with. What are you doing with that gift of extra time? And this, listen, this isn't a guilt you message. This is a, such a time as this message. I don't want to miss what God's wanting to do in this community because I was, I was okay, because I was comfortable, because I was the queen and I'm good. I, I don't want it to be about me. 
I want it to be about people that still need him. Let's stand up together. There's a scripture that has tormented me for years. It says this. Let this be written. And this won't be on the screen. But it says, let this be written. I'm going to say, let this be spoken. That a people not yet created or not yet connected may praise the Lord. Do me a favor. If you've come to this church in the last two years, raise your hand. Look around. Amen. You can put your hand back down. I don't even need to say anything else. How many of you glad you made it? Well, he's not done yet. He didn't just bring you in here to fill a chair. Amen. I'll say this. He didn't even just he didn't just bring you here to stack a chair. Amen. All you guys saying, Amen. Amen. He didn't he, no, he didn't bring you just to stack a chair or to fill a chair. He brought you in to be a king or a queen. Amen. He brought you in to use you right where you're at, day in and day out, to lead captives into freedom. Amen. To lead the broken into healing. That's the way our Lord works. Can we give him a hand of praise this morning? Can we just say yes to such a time as this? Yes, please. One thing I know, when I made that decision to say yes to him in every area of my life, it ended up that my whole family, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but my whole family was impacted by my choice to put Jesus as the king of my life and to follow him all the days of my life. My whole family was moved into that. Now they're more honorary about it than I am. Ain't moving. Let me pray over you. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Lord, this is, this is a, maybe a somewhat of a sober message. Tiff, can someone come up and just play that Nothing But the Blood song? This is a kind of a sober thought, sober thinking. I just don't want us to be comfortable. So, I mean, I I shouldn't say that. I just don't want us to be so comfortable that we miss out on what God is trying to do with us. That we forget about those that don't have what we have. We come in this this room on Sunday morning and I just can't wait to get here. It's just so full of love and power and joy. And you're some of you, in my mind, you're the greatest people on earth. I can't wait to be with you every week. But I have that. But there's something in me where the Lord won't let me just be content with that. Because there's more. Amen? There's more out there. There's more that need freedom. There's more that need his love. There's more that need, can I say this? There's more that need, need what we have. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just real quick. real quick throw up your hand if you want to say Lord I'm ready for such a time I'm ready for such a time that's all I want you to take out of here that you're ready for such a time Father you see the hands you see my hand
you love him so much. And you, listen, you love them so much and you, you want them to know that, but you want also to love so many through them. So take this, take this word today, Lord, into the harvest field, into our communities, into our relationships, into our businesses. Take this. We see the time. We know the world's in a mess. We know it's dark. We know there's darkness all around, but we see that you are moving behind the scenes and you desire to bring to freedom and deliverance all who will call upon your name. I pray this message, the most important parts of it, will burn within the hearts of your people that are here this morning. Thanks again for listening to our podcast and this week's message. Again, if you'd like to find out more about our church and intending a live service, you can find us online at www.rockchurchqc.com as well as on Facebook at Rock Church of the Quad Cities and on YouTube. Just search Rock Church QC and you'll be able to access our past sermons. And when you subscribe, you'll be notified when we go live for our weekly services. Until next time, have a great day and God bless.